0: Um You're listening to BGN Radio.
1: Here is the kickoff, and it is coming down to Smallwood. Outside the 10. 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Smallwood down the left sideline. He is going to go! Rundle Smallwood! His second NFL touchdown! His first on a kickoff return! Well that and that's what they needed! Oh, what's
0: going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is episode number two forty-seven of the Bleeding Green Nation podcast, BGN Radio, and it is the first official BGN Radio daily episode that's going to show over that feed. So, welcome everybody, and uh, uh, we are live on Facebook as well as the replay, which you are hopefully listening to on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play, TuneIn, and any other podcast catching app uh, out there, and if you are doing such things, then uh, you could do us a huge favor by leaving us a five-star review. BLG, what are we up to now in the iTunes reviews? we got a lot of them coming in. Everybody's
1: doing a very good job. Is that true? Yes, everyone is. Um, I, I was just looking that up. That's funny, so I'm stalling until I get it right now. It is, we're up to 261. Nice. Uh, just a just a slight amount under that 800 mark that we're getting John there. promised uh, we're we'd getting have there. a party if we hit that, so <laughs> make sure you keep getting your reviews in.
0: Absolutely, and uh, the main man that will be with us on uh, WIP on Saturday, so while the the open practice at the link, hopefully uh, that kind of hangs up because uh, apparently there's uh, going to be some rain and they might move it, but James Seltzer and myself, uh, John Barcher, will be live on WIP uh, from 1 to 3 this Saturday. James, what's going on, buddy? How are you? John, I just wanted to let you know, and I want
2: everyone else out there to let John know that he is beautiful. And we love him, and he's incredibly
0: <laughs> handsome. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, the morning show really, <laughs> really threw me for a whirl this morning. Jesus, I've never seen so many dudes come in on my appearance morning. before. Oh my good lord! The in internet heaven.
2: can be mean sometimes, and and it's not cool.
0: Not cool. John is and that's what I would say. That's right. What is cool and for probably uh, very happy for a lot of Eagles fans, BLG, Marcus Smith, he gone. He's out of here. He's he's left. Uh, Obviously, we all kind of saw this coming. I mean, he had a roster bonus of almost a half a million dollars if he was going to show up here on Thursday. Um, I I don't know. There was a lot of debates going around. People often forget about Danny Watkins so fast, but there were a lot of people calling Marcus Smith as the biggest bust in Eagles history. I don't necessarily agree with that, but... uh, in the 2014 draft class overall, I think we can just start calling a almost a massive bust, especially if Jordan Matthews isn't going to be here uh, next year. And we'll get in- into that as he reported for camp two, looking mightily nice and healthy with uh, with that. Though, uh, but your overall impressions with just the uh, the Marcus
1: Smith departure that has finally happened here? Well, it's very sad. Obviously, I mean, just you know, just did so many incredible things in Philadelphia. I mean. You know, he he matched Vinny Curry's sack total last year of two point five. You know, not not e- not easy to do. So, um, just on a rookie no, deal, I mean, nonetheless. Yeah, this is this is really. He's definitely not the biggest bust in Eagles history to me. That has to be Danny Watkins. Yeah, um, John but Harris. It's just, somewhere around John there.
2: Harris. That. That's what I was gonna say, yeah, John. Yeah. Harris.
1: There's, it's it's not Marcus Smith, but it, I mean he's up there. You know, he's he's obviously in that conversation. Um, this was just you know a really bad pick, and and the funny thing too is like people were like, oh, he was a reach, and even all right. So let's say the Eagles did take him in the third or second round. Like that doesn't make anything better. Like he still would have been bad. Like he was just a really bad pick. Um, obviously, Howie Roseman has taken the blame for that pick. I imagine Chip had to be involved somewhat in that decision. I don't know how much, but you know, Howie obviously took the fall for that, and that's just a really bad pick. <laughs> and the the point you made, John, about the 2014 draft class. I mean, geez, like when you look at that entire class, two players have already been cut and brought back. Yeah. You look at Watkins and Hart, and they're probably. I think they're probably both likely to be cut this summer. Maybe Watkins can hold on. Maybe, of course you were. You I, went to I, Florida.
0: That's how he's boy, man. He's not going anywhere. You'll know, be cockroaches. Bias
1: going
0: from <laughs> cockroaches <laughs> and Jalen Mil- or Jalen Watkins uh, will definitely uh, definitely be around here. Yeah, but I mean, James, you have uh, you have Bo Allen, who's probably the only one, and even even that is is still a little up and down because the Eagles have so much defensive tackle depth now. Uh, you know, he might be the only survivor of the two 2000- thousand. He might be the Jason Kelsey, uh, more or less, of uh, of that draft class there, Bud. It's it's unreal talking about bus and and we
2: can't real quick be uh you know leave Jerome McDougal out of this conversation. Oh, no, we definitely could uh, especially a defensive yeah. lineman if we're talking about that. We've had some offensive line bus with Anton Davis and Bernard Williams and of course Mike Mamula back in the day. So um yeah, no, it, I mean look you look at that I mean top to bottom, it's crazy. You know what it it reminds me of exactly that draft class. Like you said, the the parallels are really crazy, other than you know, a fifth rounder versus a seventh rounder and Kelsey probably having more success already than than I think Bo Allen's going to have at the, uh, the NFL level. But, um, man, I mean, really, really. And I think, you know what, you can kind of look at it. And I think, first of all, we'll remember Marcus Smith. As the pick who no one know, knew who took him for, for, you know, that'll always be my legacy with Marcus Smith was, was it Chip or was it Howie? And, and you know, maybe we've gotten an answer, but I think just the conversation that that's the conversation surrounding it shows how such a draft class came out. There was clearly just not a lot of harmony in that building for that draft.
0: No, I think that was just, I, I still think that draft class was just a combination of like, I want this guy. No, I want this guy. Who's the guy we agree on. Yes. Okay. It's Marcus Smith. Fine. Fine. We'll just take him. And then that's what led to yes. all the disasters. Kind of moving forward there, uh, yeah. So um, unfortunately, it, it never came around, and there were there were some Marcus uh, Smith defenders for a long time, <clears throat> Matt Daring. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it didn't make it out. It didn't pan it through. And again, don't blame the kid. I mean, it was he didn't get picked there, you know. But even even as BLG pointed out, even if he was a third or fourth rounder, I mean, he really didn't even contribute to uh, to that that kind of level. But blame the GMs, blame the owners, blame everything else. Uh, they, they should get the wrath of it. Also, just a, a a mini surprise here, BLG, and and more or less, I think this guy was a little surprised as Alan Barber uh, reportedly got cut and then all of a sudden got shipped out for a, a seventh round pick. Uh, to Denver, and even he was a little shocked when he went on 104.3 in Denver, which I have no idea who who books guests over there, but Alan Barber is probably the last guy I would I would call. And be like, "Hey, man, welcome to the team!" Uh, but he was also shocked uh, by the news this week as well.
1: I was really shocked. I thought I was just cut from the Eagles and just kind of hanging out in Missouri, just waiting to find something out. And then I got a phone call from Howie over at the Eagles and told me I was traded. So it's kind of a whirlwind. Uh, just kind of trying to get taken all in. Really, you know.
0: Listen, it's not that much of a whirlwind if you're heading to like a potential, you know, Super Bowl landing spot here. So I uh, I I I don't know, guys. I think that's this just kind of made it so, you know, James. I, I they they were and we even kind of saw it today down at camp, like where you're you're rotating. There were so many guards. We've talked about that for uh, at length for forever. We've talked about how many centers and how many big beefs that they have on this. And there's just there's not <laughs> enough room for all these guys. Like, what was the point of signing you know signing Chance Warmack to a one year deal if he's not even going to be a backup on this team? Um, yeah, I don't know. This it's uh, they save two point one million dollars and. We get to kind of see what uh, what the rest of this crew is is all about here.
2: Yeah, I, I, I have zero problem with this move. I think you know back before, uh, right after the Super Bowl, when it was the uh, you know he can go look for a trade. Brandon talked about that before. I think at that point, I think we had all said goodbye to to Allen Barber, and I, I think there <laughs> yeah. might be one more potentially kind of unexpected uh, offensive line. Lost along the way here, like you said, Wormack, I think he'll make the team, but um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of a lot of depth there, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, I, interestingly, just to to go back to Barber's actual statement, funny enough, that is the longest sentence Alan Barber has, or string of sentences Alan <laughs> Barber has ever said in his life. Last- inside baseball when I was working for the Eagles Bo Wolf shout out to Bo Wolf um, Bo Wolf was interviewing Alan Barber and like it was supposed to be a five minute interview and Bo got through a minute and a half and had finished all his questions and then was basically just firing off questions at Alan Barber and got through like <laughs> 15 questions like you know what's your favorite food like and, and one word answers two wow. word answers and then that was it it was so we were sitting there like stifling back laughs because we knew that Bo was just trying to get this to five minutes uh, Alan Barber's that
0: type of linguist. Well, just to pull the curtain uh, a a little uh, behind here, I mean, that sound bite alone, I cut last night, and I I had to create, I had to eliminate so much space in between his (laughs) words to make it sound like it just did right now. So uh, James is definitely not lying through that, uh, what's going on through there. So uh, BLG, just for your perspective, obviously, you know, uh, Frank Reich obviously uh, had an, an announced that Isaac Samalo would be the starting guard coming into training camp, and then this move happened right after that, so that's not too much of a surprise. But um, you were down there today for the majority of the time, and uh, what did those offensive lines look like? Who was starting and who is backing
1: everybody up there? Yeah, so Samalo getting the starting nod really isn't even too surprising when you know we saw him pretty much get the majority of those first-team reps all spring long. So he's the guy there. You know, it's the whole offense. Line, I think it looks like a pretty good unit with Jason Peters at left tackle small at left guard You have Jason Kelsey in the middle at center and then obviously Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson on the right side I did think one thing Interesting Doug Peterson had to say after practice today and this ties into the second team offensive line is that Dylan Gordon and uh, Halapooli Vitai, a.k.a. Big V. He nailed him. Um, Look at that. Who needs. JLG doesn't need any training camp with. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. I had to, you know, I'm getting my practice in. So, um, so, yeah, he. I thought that was kind of interesting. He basically said, like, the confidence they have in those guys kind of helped them make that Allen Barber deal. Um, I think that. Dylan Gordon, who's lining up at left tackle, I think that's really interesting because he made the team last year. The team kind of stashed him away, mm-hmm. didn't really have him play at all, but they they like his long term potential. Um, obviously, he's I'm not saying he's the next Jason Peters, I think, except exactly that's what I'm saying. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, Jason Peters similar backstory of like undrafted guy, a tight end, just like Dylan Gordon was, and they obviously coached him up and made him into a really good player. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a unit to me that, as James said, there's a lot of depth here. That's very encouraging. And uh, it, it took a hit a little bit with Barber. I think it would have been mm-hmm. nice to keep him around. But when you're adding the cap space and you're adding a potential draft pick, even though it's a conditional seventh rounder, um, if, if the, the argument is, if you don't think the Eagles are a contender this year anyway, you might as well get those things for him.
0: Sure, and I still think that, you know, that's one thing that I think everybody's trying to figure out in the terms of, like, what this team is is going to be. And, you know, it's said a million times, well, if Carson Wentz takes that, that next step into that big leap in the second year, really it just, I mean, as much as we want to say, and that is true, uh, it is having that first set of offensive linemen solidified with no injuries and nobody really moves around. So, um, you know, I'm actually, being down there and, and seeing, Isaac Sayomalu all lined up uh, at guard and having him and Brooks and yeah I know there's still questions about Kelsey being up and down and 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 things like that but you also have Wisniewski right behind that if it if that kind of goes south and that's just that's a lot of beef on the line James you know that's a, <laughs> that more, when when we're talking about the road grading and and a lot of that stuff that is is supposed to be in that middle and something that even with wh- whoever was coaching this team whether it was Kelly whether it's Doug Peterson right now it's just it's kind of nice to Almost, I don't want to say not worry about it because there's still some concerns with the offensive line, but there's a, there's a lot of pressure that has been alleviated over the last couple of years uh, where you're, you're always looking for that one weakness. I don't see a humongous weakness now in this offensive line. John, I, I
2: couldn't agree more, and I, I, a couple things. To add the the versatility, like you said. Like, I mean, Wiz can come in and play center. They've got you can play guard. They've got War Mack. You can play guard. They they can move pieces around on the line. You know, obviously, I think you know, you assume at some point you'll hit an injury. Uh, we had that one year a few years ago where it was you know the whole line stayed together, and you saw how important that was, but. Um, I, I think depth on the offensive line is crucial and, and the pieces fit together nicely. Uh, Chance Wormack specifically, too, just as like a backup, I, I do like the concept of him coming back to Jeff Stoutland. I know he wasn't very good in Tennessee, but he was damn good at Alabama. And Jeff Stoutland was his coach mm-hmm. and talking about a, a big physical type of guy. So, um, you know, I, I think there's some excitement there. And, and the funniest part, John, like looking at, it, like you just said, like how like you can kind of feel good about the line. It's crazy because we talked for so long about, you know, Chip Kelly and and taking Lane Johnson and not drafting another offensive lineman that entire time. And then, you know, even without really committing to drafting offensive linemen the last year since, um, they've still done a really nice job of kind of, uh, uh, you know, beefing this lineup and and making it deep.
0: Yeah, and finding, you know, some later on guys, some UDFA's, and just keep him on the practice squad, develop uh, developing them. And I think that's just like you said. You you got to give credit to Jeff Stoutland here. I mean, geez, man, yeah. there's there's a there's a lot of different things that are that are kind of happening through you know a lot of the a lot of the guys that uh, BLG had named here. So that's that's awesome. Plus, uh, Jeff Stoutland down there, BLG. I didn't I didn't realize how much of a. Uh, uh, I mean, all coaches are yellers down there. You know, even deuces yelling, <laughs> everybody's yelling. But like when when you see him work with the offensive line about. You know certain certain techniques and certain things when they're just hitting the sled. He goes, no, no, no. He's like, I want to hear that juice. You know, and I, I gotta, I gotta hear some snap in that arm you know, and all that. Oh, yeah, and he gets really turned on by like the offensive line, like smacking the hell out of uh, out of the shed here. I, I think he's done a, a phenomenal job, and uh, it, it's it was nice to kind of have. And there was probably there was a large surrounding which uh, you can go check out by the way uh, on the BleedingGreenNation.com Facebook page. Uh, a large surrounding with Jordan Matthews today just kind of explaining everything that's been going on. And, and, and be to, you've been at the forefront of this because it has been odd messaging. It's been very weird to see Doug with, a, with a, a, such a succinct you know, uh, you know, explanation of what's going on with Jordan Hicks. And the very next set of questions has no idea what's going on with Jordan Matthews and everyone is confused. What did
1: you learn today about uh, Jordan Matthews when he spoke? Well, it's really weird. The whole thing has been weird. Just going back to what Doug said earlier this week when he was like, uh, you know, basically he was like, what's wrong with Jordan Matthews? And he was like, nothing. And it's like, okay, so then why is the knee practicing? And it's like, well, there's, uh, <laughs> he just, well, he's not. And I held him out. Like, I didn't. Okay, I mean, yes. But, I mean,
0: no. <laughs> yeah. But
1: um, so what's wrong with him? Oh, nothing. So it was just like weird. And then Jordan talked today. And he basically, he didn't want to even tell us exactly what was going wrong. Like he, you know, the Eagles have officially listed it as knee tendinitis. That's what the PR uh, department has told us in the past, and then again in training camp here, but, like, you ask him that, and he says he won't, like, officially... He was being very vague about it in a weird way. Like, I don't... He kind of explained his reasoning is that I guess he didn't want people to, like, question his toughness, kind of, or something along <laughs> those lines. Okay. I don't think people... Yeah, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't think people so much were anyway, so I don't know where all of that was going. I think the whole J-MAT situation has been very odd to me. Just... I don't know if I can put my finger on it and say, like, this means this definitively. It just feels weird to me. And I've, you know, I've been under the impression, obviously, all along, I've said a, a lot by now that I feel he's not going to be back after this season. Howard Eskin said the same thing on mm. WIP today on the midday show. Uh, certain Shut producer, up. Yeah. We don't know anybody <laughs> who's a part of that show yeah, here. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so I just don't think he's going to be back. And I think that. Uh, a trade still could happen. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I just, I just feel really weird about it still.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just I I just get the impression that it, they're going to wait and see how Matt Collins is and a lot of these other guys that you know it, Doug Peterson's. I'm I'm actually shocked and maybe it's just because I we, you know we have the amateur eyes here, James. But when Doug Peterson says, "Yeah, I, I'm noticing Greg Ward," I'm noticing these guys that are kind of coming out here. You have Matt Collins who is. Uh, I mean, not in terms of Nelson Aguilar literally being Jeremy Macklin to replace him, but when you look at Matt Collins and you look at Jordan Matthews, you're like, okay, well, it's kind of a similar skill set, and, you know, they can both play in and outside, and when – both of them are healthy. Matt Collins is a little bit quicker. He's, he's still wearing the no gloves. And by the way, he like loves to score touchdowns on every uh, – when they're doing individual drills, he makes sure to cross the goal line. And just even, like <laughs> Jordan Matthews. Yeah, even he, just like Jordan Matthews, even if it's a little flip uh, over there. I, I just get the sense that, one, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with BLG and pretty much a lot of other people. I don't think Jordan Matthews is going to be a part of this team. But also – the, the the Eagles are not going to go into the season without another corner. Can we all agree on that by this point now? I mean, when you're looking at the landscape of Razul Douglas, Patrick Robinson, and Jalen Mills, and you're going, yeah, that's it. Ron Brooks will play nickel again, and this will be fine. Like, I just don't get the sense that they're okay with that, James. Yo, I'm with you 100. percent I mean, look, Patrick Robinson was was running with
2: the ones today. I mean, that that's not good. Like, it's really not. And um, you know, and, and look, I, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, Patrick Robinson, former first round pick." Um, <laughs> is there know, anybody? That. Wait, is, like, hold on, hold on. Is it's there like, anybody saying that? <laughs> yeah no we've had we have had people calling the WIP midday show saying that like oh you know he was in a bad situation in India and I'm you know yeah all right. we we all know that that's (laughs) not true like Patrick Robinson is not is not good uh um and he's not certainly not good enough to be a starting cornerback in the NFL, especially in a in a division. We've talked a lot about the cornerbacks, but a division with, with some serious weapons on the outside. Yeah. Um, you know, so I look I, I'm with you, John. I don't know that the options out there are very exciting, obviously, but I think even, you know, and granted that we can um we've gotten ourselves in trouble by saying, Oh, even, you know, oh, bring in Darrell Revis. he's gotta be better than what we have, or bring in <laughs> Leon Hall, he's gotta be better than what we have, and then, you know, it's Steven Tulloch or it's whatever, but Um, I I do think that in this case, specifically bringing in someone like that and not specifically Revis, but someone of that ilk, I think is something that like I I think they kind of almost need to. Do it as crazy as that sounds.
0: Yeah, and that's why you know. And again, we're getting some uh, questions in the in the Facebook live chat, and and for those that are listening on the podcast, we're going to be doing Facebook live pretty much every single time that we broadcast. Now, uh, we're considering doing like Mixler and things like that too. So if you don't have an opportunity to go on Facebook, at least you can hear the audio kind of uh, while we're doing this thing. BLG, and um, you know there are people, and it's it's not going away. Like, is there a, is there an opportunity here to knock on the Bears' door? Uh, you know, there's a, been a ton of people that have been thinking about it. Uh, you know. To Ron was one of those guys, you were one of those guys, and there's people in Chicago It's just like, yeah, Kyle Fuller's not going to be on this team. Do you think that any move, and just regardless of, of Kyle Fuller, but any corner, is there something being held up because Ryan Matthews still hasn't cleared, or do you think that that shouldn't be an issue by now, or uh, what's, your, what's your take on the secondary and if they're going to add anything here?
1: Yeah, I don't think the cap space should be a big issue right now because the Eagles have about 10.5 after clearing up 3.6 with – Uh, Trading Barber and cutting Marcus Smith. So they have the money if they want to get a guy Um, And Doug Peterson kind of hinted that they are still looking at outside help I think Kyle Fuller just makes so much sense for this team Um, We have heard that he could be on the outs and maybe that's what the Eagles are waiting for because maybe they feel like right, He can he might get cut um, and we don't have to give up anything. At the same time, I feel like the the downside of that is you don't have him learning your scheme right now, which could help him contribute potentially more. Uh, so that's kind of like where I, I wish you could just go get him. I don't know what it would cost to get him. Uh, It does sound like the Bears are ready to move on. At the same time, it's weird because like I read that he had a good spring, too. It's like they're just going to cut him, even though that yeah. he's kind of playing well again. And it just, I guess seems like there's been uh, some damage from last year about how the team kind of just questioned his toughness and the injuries and everything and just the bus label. And, and maybe they just feel like he needs to move on, but I would love to get fuller. I would, I would, uh, you know, I, I think he's the best option. I looked at all the free agent quarterback options and I made, I wrote a post about that on green earlier this week. They're just not great. I mean, you have Revis out there. That's not going to happen. He, he needs to like make 8 million just so he can make, Two million because he has a six million offset from the Jets this year, so that's not going to happen. The Eagles aren't paying him all that money. Uh, Brandon Flowers is still out there, but you know he's he doesn't have a lot left. Um, Altron Werner got signed.
0: Also, as a side note, you kind of want Brandon Flowers because the rap albums aren't that
1: bad, right? Well, (laughs) I I do want, yeah, I do want the uh, the killer's influence on this team. It would be great to have a killer's influence. If you will, Um, Mm -hmm. so I I just think that you know the the quarterback situation is definitely we we all know this by now. You know it's sketchy. Uh, The the, the Eagles don't have a lot of great options there. It all comes down to really the pass rush. We're all kind of just hoping that kind of covers up for it, but uh, yeah, it's kind of sketchy right now.
0: Yeah, uh, Jordan Hicks also came out today and had uh, had a. It was, I wouldn't say it's a, a big balloon around that uh, around that you know hand of his with the finger that he broke there. But What did he explain I- exactly what happened on the honeymoon and how he broke his finger?
1: Yeah, I was in the huddle with him and and on his hand, you know, he had a, he had a glove on his hand and then he had like a soft cast or some kind of uh, tape wrapped around his hand. So it didn't look like anything too serious, but it was enough to kind of keep him out of practice for a little bit. The Eagles. Uh, they kind of split him and Najee Good at middle linebacker in practice, so they're clearly not having him go full go, and, and that's fine. They should be cautious with him. There's no reason to rush him. Jordan Hicks said he could play easily if he had to. It's not a big deal at all. But as far as how it happened, yeah, he kind of <laughs> he said, you know, obviously a lot of people were asking about this, and and Jimmy Kempsey uh, actually broke the story, and obviously John, you know, knew about it too early on. Um, before... Kemski! Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. So, that, was, that, was my,
0: like, that was my Star Trek, you know, Daniel <laughs> Khan uh, to Jimmy Kemski there, because he's better at this he, than I am.
1: He is uh, one big hack. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so he, he slipped, basically. You know, he slipped and he, he injured his hand. He said there was some kind of weird surface next to the pool. and It's called, uh, it's called water, Jordan.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's called water. You know? Well, no, it on, <laughs> on the ground.
1: It was some kind of, like, he said some kind of glossy like loose material it wasn't just water like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like water sounds like water
0: <laughs> yeah All it's right. yeah it stinks it's a it's unfortunate but uh i mean it didn't sound like that he's going to be out any kind of length of time here and he's just going to kind of take it easy and 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 let it roll here james i know you weren't down there uh but obviously there's there's been a, a lot of different buzz on anything has anything caught your eye as far as like oh that's that's interesting, or just kind of has it been, uh, you know, new, news as normal for you? anybody anybody you're really excited about so far? I lose you, buddy. Thing you mean? Oh, there you I'm go. Assuming. There you go, Correct. James. Um,
2: the the Chris Long. Uh, it, I, I, I'm really intrigued by Chris Long's ability to set up and stage hilarious sexual innuendos <laughs> in photos. Um, I'm I'm so impressed. Like and and he's, so mischievous like I don't know I like uh, I, off the field obviously is at me like it just seems fun to have uh, have a guy like that but uh on the field not really just because it's you know um just the rookies and day. I, I will say that from from what I've seen and what I've heard um you know one that that you know uh, Donald Pumphrey looks pretty exciting uh which is something that you know seeing you know a lot of people i think i even heard you saying it john that when you see in person and go see kind of the burst and the uh the ability to kind of elude things it's it's um that's exciting uh to me and then otherwise i think it it's just the you know, uh, you know the Wentz you know whence ready to go and the first guy out on the field, last guy off, all that, all those cliches that that are absolutely
0: one hundred percent true because it's our quarterback. Yeah, and also just to mention that Jordan Matthews is one of three guys uh, to to leave the field again today, so the hardworking man is is still doing his thing. And BLG, let's talk about Donnell Pumphrey for a little bit because I, I I'm actually blown away by how much he's being used in the passing game. Like almost immediately, he's always. In the slot, he's always like motioning out from the backfield to, you know, get to the outside and just be a mismatch for somebody. Or, you know, it's they're gonna put him everywhere. And uh he can definitely it's so weird to me that in college they never passed them the ball. Like you know, like why wouldn't you do that? It seems like he's a, he's a perfect fit to turn the corner easily and he's not like you know, when you think of of prototypical smaller backs, you don't expect guys to also have a little umph in them too and Uh, Throughout, you know, the rookie camp here, he's explaining at least to us that you know he's going from about 177 to now he's up to 185, and they're all trying to keep that weight somewhere close to there during the season. But I think Donnell Pumphrey is going to have a lot of balls thrown to him, and maybe not as many carries here. uh, But uh, I mean, every time that we've seen him so far, he's been in the slot and. Also, Darren Sproles has been on the field at the same time. It's a really exciting development, at least for me, to, to think about the, there's this, there's this late-round guy that's probably going to be heavily involved in the offense this year.
1: I think it's kind of funny when coaches talk about uh, the short passing game is an extension of the run game. I think a lot of people roll their eyes at that. I think, John, you might be one of them. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think it's true in the case of Pumphrey because that's how I feel about him. Like he doesn't necessarily stand out to me in practice a lot because he's not making that big play all the time. Um, but he's constantly just catching the ball. Like, it's just, it's so constant. He's racking up a ton of receptions. So I think it's kind of, it is true in that sense of he's just going to kind of be that reliable guy you can have there. Especially, you know, if Sam Bradford is here, he'd love him because he could just check down to him every single play. Hmm. Um, little shot there for you, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think, you know, the the rookie class as a whole has actually kind of been pretty impressive. You know, like Derek Barnett. the pads haven't come on, so we still have to see that. But he continues to look good. Um, Sidney Jones isn't practicing, but he's kind of. Now, I like what I've seen, what he's been doing as far as what he can only do. You know, he's been active in the drills as much as he can be. He's talking to the coaches, he's kind of getting those mental reps in. Um, and also, this you know, a big plus for the bu- the bucket hat game is is quite good for Sidney. Oh, Jones. So. Is, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a uh, good. I think he has to go with that, right? Like, I've never had dreads. I will probably never have dreads, but I'm imagining like you know <laughs> that might be an easier option than like, oh, a yeah. baseball hat. Yeah, it's it's kind of it'd be yeah it'd be rough. It'd be rough for uh, for a regular baseball cap. So yeah, you're
0: right. And it's but here's the thing: like there are some times today. And I know this is, we got to wait probably an entire year, unless barring something, uh, you know, a miracle in, in healing that Achilles. Every time I turn around, I get flashes of Asante Samuel. Because, I mean, you know, you just, you just forget for a second, like, oh, yeah, Asante Samuel's here, a training. Camp. Oh, no, Jesus, it's Sidney Jones. Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. you kind of have that. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, my gut feeling is that's the kind of. That's the kind of mentality and swagger that guy's going to have, even though he hasn't done a single thing other than stand around and, and do shadow drills while these guys are going out there. But, uh, yeah, it, um, uh, the uh, with the rest of the second I, I'm curious, BLG, what's what's your take on Razul Douglas so far? I, I think as far – I understand – Um, where he's at is mentally it looks like he's he's there a lot physically I still think there's some some things to work on there obviously because he's you know he's a rookie he's trying to figure all this stuff out but uh when the pads come on that's where I'm I'm more curious to see if it's a little more evenly matched with with Alshon and even with Torrey Smith and even today uh you know saw him a couple of times getting getting beat by the veterans and that's that's supposed to happen this early on but what's your overall impression of him so far
1: I think Russell Douglas is going to take time. You know, I've said that to you um, off the air. I, I really do think he's a guy who uh, a lot of fans are going to want to see him come in and beat out Patrick Robinson. Obviously, that would be super ideal. But to me, just watching him play, there's like I just don't envision him playing and being the starter and playing like. All the snaps all year long. Like, yeah. I just can't see that at all. Like, I just don't think he's ready for that. I don't think, and that's not necessarily because I think he's bad. I just think like rookie cornerbacks do take time. There's a big learning curve. I think with him, uh, obviously he's he's had nice moments where he we saw it in the spring where he's breaking up passes and everything. But uh, kind of read an interview with him this week where as soon as they started throwing more of the playbook at him, you know, he's kind of, he's slowing down in the sense of like, he's not being able to make as many of those plays. So I think it's going to take him some time to get adjusted to the NFL. Uh, I do think, you know, people shouldn't have expectations of him being the (laughs) shut down corner right away. I still do like his potential. One guy who I have to mention um, besides Greg Ward, who was obviously the next future Hall of Famer on the Eagles, of course. And by the way, who beat Rasul Douglas the other day, which kind of makes me even think further, like, okay, <laughs> this guy's going to need time. I know yeah. it's just one rep, but still, like, you know, like Greg Ward, uh, you know, shouldn't be beating Rasul Douglas too often, at least uh, that's how I feel. So the guy who hasn't looked good, and I have to bring this up, is Shelton Gibson. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's, like, that not, hasn't been pretty. It, like not just like oh man this guy's a rookie struggling like I tweeted out yesterday like five times worse almost than Nelson Aguilar was in the regular season last season like he just can't Whoa. catch and it's in individual drills too so there's like you can't give me the excuse of like oh he's just thinking about the playbook like no he's just running a route yeah. by himself and a quarterback and like he can't catch the ball like there's a fundamental issue and honestly. And I'm not trying to, to, you know, to beat up on the kid. Like, I hope Shelton Gibson overcomes this and succeeds. I have nothing personal against him, but it's just that I literally think he's been the worst wide receiver on the team. And, like, that's just not what you want out of your fifth-round pick.
0: Yeah, and if there's, like, you know, if there's concerns that anybody has about, like, oh, man, well, you can't put a talented guy on the practice squad and he'll get snatched up here, too. I, You know, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to. Gonna, gonna go out and grab him because there's just there's too much going on there. Um, I, I want to go, James. I just want to go back to the Razul Douglas uh, point that BLG and uh, w- was making and I was making there a little bit. If it comes down to all right, it's either Patrick Robinson that's going to start in Week One or it's going to be Razul Douglas and full well knowing that he's going to have to take some lumps and get used to it, and maybe not until like you know six, seven, eight weeks into the season would you see more improvements. Do you want to see him make mistakes out there week one, or do you want Patrick Robinson to kind of have him ease in and he can get reps in and out even though he's not starting? Uh,
2: Before I answer that, I had no idea how much BLG hated Sheldon Gibson. That was really just (laughs) intense, the amount of hate and the, like, vitriol. geez, BLG, he's a human being. (laughs) um, No, look, John, um, I want to see Rasul out there. Like, look, we know that the growing pains are going to be there. I'm a— a huge believer in life that, that there is nothing more important to than reps in, in making yourself better at anything, whether it's what we do, whether it's what football players do, whether it's, you know, whatever you do. Um, the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel doing it, the better you're going to be at it. And and there is no way to mimic, um, you know, real live NFL reps. And I get the concept, all right, look, if you want to say Patrick Robinson's going to start for a couple games and then they're going to bring Douglas in, like, that's fine, but – for me personally, uh, you know, I, 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 while I would love to see this team make the playoffs this year, and I certainly think they have a legitimate chance, especially the way it's structured, I'm willing to sacrifice some of the success in the moment to, you know, make Rasul Douglas better in the long term. But ultimately, of course, like, look, if he's a disaster, it's a very different story. Like, if he just can't, you know, if he, if the coaches and 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 you have to, in in this case, trust their judgment. If the, if he's just not ready to go out there, if he cannot uh-huh. play at the NFL level and is going to be embarrassed, that's a different story because then that can really you know mess with the confidence. But if it's close enough between the two, I'm uh, you know, but Robinson might be slightly better right now. I- I'd go with
0: Douglas. Yeah, I'll be uh, listen. It's kind of funny because we've been uh, we've been talking uh, bad to Patrick Robertson this entire time, but. It would be really funny if he came out and it's just like, oh yeah, he's actually uh, he's not that bad. Uh, I don't think that's going to yes. happen, but but knowing <laughs> it'd be our-
2: like our own first round pick again. Yeah, John. there he <laughs> Dallas gets him. Damn
0: it. More first round picks, just like Jim Schwartz yes. said this week that Timmy Jernigan, much like having another yes. first round pick on the team. So yeah. there you go. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, I don't know, boys, what do you think? So take some questions. Blg, do you have anything to add from uh, from training camp this week so far?
1: Um, not too much. I just I want to touch on Alshon real quick. Uh, I mean, we didn't talk about Wentz at all. I don't really think we saw enough about. I didn't see any like Re- Wentz didn't get a lot of reps in the rookie. No. Quarterback selected part, so like there wasn't a whole lot to dissect there. He threw an interception, but honestly, that was like David Watford just broke off the route way too early. Oh man, can I? I just want to mention, like there are a lot of some somebody got a
0: hold of that video somewhere on the internet, (laughs) and 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 it got re. It's like, oh man, wins is off to a a a crazy career, and and even on the angle that you're looking at in the video, where you're where you're looking at. David Watford like gave up on the route completely. <laughs> like that yeah. was to completely that was totally on the wide receiver. And it's just funny how people look at things and want to blow things up. Most of them are Dallas Cowboy fans. But I think that guy in particular is a, was with a Bears fan, which is hilarious because I'm like, dude, okay. look at the quarterback situation that's going on there. But regardless of that, yeah, I, I mean, um, it is a. Uh, and by the way, the third quarterback is going to be a, a very interesting. And by interesting, I mean hellacious, boring competition this season. <laughs> Whether it is Matt McGlynn or Dane Evans, I'm I'm sure that Dane Evans is already going to win that battle because uh, they signed him to a three year deal. I don't think there's any contract information on either one of those, so I don't exactly know what's happening. But uh, yeah, they're not great uh, as as most QB threes uh, would be throughout there. But uh, yeah, BLG, what's uh, even even today? Just in the couple of passes that you see, like you just you just know. That there is, I don't think Eagles fans in general, even though some of them are hyped and some of them are a little skeptical about who this guy really is going to be for this Eagles squad this year, Alshon Jeffrey just looks amazingly so much better than not just the
1: wide receivers on the field, but all the DBs on the field as well. It's just the real deal. And the, the thing with Alshon is like when the ball is thrown towards him, you expect him to make the catch. Like, I know that might sound like. You might easily take that for granted because that's their job. But, like, after watching the Eagles wide receivers last year, like, no. Like, you had no confidence at all they were going to make that catch, especially if it's going to someone like Aguilar or even Jordan Matthews. Sometimes, like, Jordan Matthews had terrible drops last year where he was wide open in the middle field and he would still drop it. Like, that doesn't happen with Alshon. And not only that, but, like, Wentz throws a high contested pass to him like he did in practice today along the sideline. And as soon as it's up in the air, I'm like, oh, Ashun's going to get that. And sure enough, he goes up. And Jalen Watkins and CJ Smith are certainly not great NFL defensive backs by <laughs> any means. But, you know, they, two guys covering him in a tight space, it doesn't matter. Ashun goes up and he gets that ball, and it's his ball. And it's just awesome to watch, honestly. Oh, loved, I
0: love me some tutties. And uh, hopefully there will be a lot of them with that with that connection going forward. The only thing I'll add uh, of note is, uh, I know it's a little more back of the roster, but uh, Joe Walker, linebacker from Oregon last year who suffered an ACL injury, uh, he just looks like he wants to kill somebody out there. His knees aren't bothering him. There's nothing that he uh, l- looks like that he's thinking about. I-, I would I hope Joe Walker makes the team. You know, he was on track to make it last year, and he looks Awesome, right now he just really does. Cause, plus, James he kind of has that like uh, weird look in his eye all the time, like even when he's on or off the field, and he's got the weird goatee. So, like maybe he keeps people in the basement uh, and tells them to put on lotion, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's that's the kind of guy you want on special teams and also just as a, a linebacker in general. I'm, I'm pumped.
2: Oh, yeah, you need some crazy eyes, guys.
0: Yeah. yeah, you have
2: to have the crazy eyes with some of those guys. And look, like you said, Johnny, looked good last year before he got hurt. And and also on top of that, like, you know, this is a position where there's not really a lot of depth or, or people will be excited about after Jordan Hicks and, like, and a little bit Nigel Radham, you know? So, um Yeah. If Walker can step up and be something, man. I feel like that's
0: a, a huge boon for this defense. Absolutely. Uh, we want to get into your questions as well, and uh, we're we're switching up because most of the time we do it on the Twitter.com, but we're going to do it uh, via Facebook. James, I'm going to stick with you uh, with this first question because... I think it's very important, and then I want BLG to start uh, reading the rest of them here. This is from our uh, a good friend in the chat, uh, James Whittle. I, th- I believe I'm, I'm viewing it from a, a very far away distance, and I apologize if I screwed that up. I just don't have my glasses on, uh, boys. How does it feel that uh, we are in bed with both James and his <laughs> wife right now, uh, and he and they are watching the program? So, hi, James and his wife, and uh, yeah, that feels pretty good, right, guys? Yeah. Well, first of all, terrific name. Uh, good work <laughs> there. Yeah. And yeah, you know, like, uh, you know,
2: John has many times done the podcast in the nude. So I feel like that's kind of a similar type
0: of thing. Yeah, there's been at least 15 episodes that you have listened to or, well, not watched because I probably wouldn't do it in the nude. I'm not that confident in my abilities to be nude on live on a camera. But I have done, uh, I've done at least 15 out of the 247 uh, nude, because, you know, it gets hot, and sometimes <laughs> we record it That's in places. pretty
1: that... low number, actually. It
0: is, it is. It's just some place that didn't have air conditioning during the summer, and, uh, you know, there's nothing
1: else he can do about it. So, BLG, what else is uh, out there question-wise? Well, first of all, I have to say it was James Westfall, and Westfall, he said he just you. lost the broadcast, so I don't even know if he, he got to to uh, enjoy a little oh, no. answer down there. But um, another good <laughs> question I see here um, from Len Rowe is, who were the Dark Horse receivers on the bottom of the depth chart who have a shot to make this team
0: Greg whoa! Yeah, I, yeah I, honestly, it's—I uh, it, mean, like, it's so funny because I think that the the uh, the Eagles PR staff um, uh, it didn't tell us to stop shooting throughout the entire like first rookie practice. So I want to thank them for that because I don't think we would have gotten Greg Ward's amazing catch in the end zone. And uh, yeah. what was that day one of? Uh, yeah, day yeah, one. Was. They, they won a rookie camp that came in through there. And uh, mm-hmm. so if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have got it. So thank for that. But yeah, I mean, guys, Greg Ward keeps making plays. Like I can't. You can't not notice him, and it's 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 pretty awesome. I would say him and Billy Brown, uh, who is a, a wide receiver that's being converted as a tight end, have literally caught everything that's going out through there. Um, I would say I don't know, BLG. I was uh, I was touting Marcus Johnson uh, early on, and he's a, a, again another great kid, and I think he's got some potential. There was on the practice squad last year. Haven't noticed him as much since I've said his name going into camp. Have you noticed him at all?
1: Uh, a little bit. I, th- I thought he had a really nice catch. I think it was yesterday in the back middle of the end zone there. Um, I think Johnson, the big thing with him is that uh, he's he's not, you know, he has not have a ton of NFL experience. Obviously, he didn't play last year. He was only on the practice squad. But he has had that full offseason, at least in the NFL program. I think that helps too with special teams. And it, that's what's something like a bottom of the wide receiver depth chart there would uh be valuable anyway, having that special teams. I think, you know, Greg Ward is showing maybe better receiving ability, but if the special teams isn't there, that's always gonna be a factor. I think one of those two I think both of those guys make the team in some fashion and that's including practice squad, not just the roster. So I think you know one of them could be on the practice squad, one of them could be on the roster, both could be on the practice squad. I think we see something like that shake out. So um next question here, we are going to there's a lot of good ones. Um, and there are also some not so good ones. Just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, by uh, the way, uh,
0: if you were uh, okay, just uh, at this point, uh, I have to apologize if you were a uh, uh, watching on Facebook or for some reason uh, it, it shut down. Uh, but if uh, uh, for those that are on the podcast, we'll keep going with these questions and uh, we'll we'll try and get the video back up here. What's well, the thanks next? a lot, John.
1: Yeah. ruin the podcast. I know that's what I would do. Uh, What's the next um, question, Bob? So, uh, do you think? The Eagles will re sign Timmy Jernigan uh, if he has. Well, it's this one says if he has a Pro Bowl year, but how about we just make it? Do you think they'll re sign Timmy Jernigan? Go ahead, James.
2: Um, Look, I I think it is somewhat dependent on how he performs. Like, I think of a Pro Bowl year, yes. But I think ultimately, um, you know, maybe not even. It's one of those things where it's like a fine line between how well he performs, what the market looks like, um, you know, because I think. If he has a great year and, and commands a lot of money, I don't think you're going to invest that much into just a defensive tackle position. But if he has another good year um, uh, or even a very good year and the market shakes out, kind of like it did this past offseason, uh, you know, where guys like Benny Logan have to sign a one-year deal, uh, even if it is for a pretty high average, you mm-hmm. know, yearly annual value or whatever. But um, it's a really hard one. I think, honestly, if you look at this team, and, and like we said before, I think, I agree with you both. Jordan Matthews is gone. Uh, I think there are guys you can look at and say, you know, if Alshon plays well, they'll figure it out. He'll be back. Uh, But um, Jernigan's one of those ones that I really think could go either way, depending upon how he plays. Now the defensive tackle market shakes out. If I had to guess right now, I would say no. But again, it's like a a very subjective guess based on, you know, nothing right now.
0: Yeah, I totally
1: disagree. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I think uh, Jim sports loves that guy. Like, Back when Timmy signed, Timothy Jernigan, I should say, um, back when he already got the <laughs> Eagles traded for him, he had said in this first press conference that like Jim Schwartz told him he was had, going to have a big year. And that wasn't just like you know, fluff, because then like Jim Schwartz comes out this week and pretty much says, I don't even think he was specifically asked about Jernigan, he kind of just said it, and we kind of hinted at it earlier in the show, that he, he didn't necessarily, the, the first round pick thing was a little out, the quote was out of context there, he basically said that, We added Derek Barnett, who was a first-round pick, and we added Chris Long, who was a veteran, uh, and he basically said, you know, adding Timmy Jernigan is like a big impact, too, kind of similar in those ways. So that's three Um, first-round
0: picks. Is that what we're saying? Well, yeah, Chris Long was a first-round pick.
1: And Mm Stan Wormack, too. First, it was like
2: the first overall or second overall pick in the
1: draft, Chris Long.
2: It's like an an extra one in and of itself.
1: Yeah. So when you count Jernigan uh, and (laughs) Wormack and... Robinson, and Chris Long, and like and Derek Barnett, five first-round picks right there. Well, so actually, and if, we're, well.
0: if we're going by Dallas Cowboy bonus structure, that actually triples, so there's actually 15 first-round picks that are currently on the Eagles, so imagine that. Yeah, I, I, I BLG, kind of more. I was leaning more James... In the beginning towards this offseason, I just didn't, you know, there's so many different uh, free agents that are going to happen.
2: Yeah.
0: And, you know, we were just kind of like, yeah, I'm not really sure how he's going to fit in. And plus he's still going to have a really, have to have a really strong year show that his motor is going to be around. But I think you're right. I think just with everything that's kind of happened, uh, the draft that's kind of around, they've, you know they've they've gotten. I mean, geez. You know, even if Shelton Gibson doesn't make this ke- the team, they still got four new wide receivers plus whoever's might may or may not make this squad in a, uh, from the UDFA uh, side of things, and who knows what happens after that. But um I mean, that's just that's telling that's telling Nelson and that's telling Jordan, like, hey man, hey guys, uh, sorry, but you know we got you we got you covered, and we got to put the money in in the other place too. And I, I wonder if. If they do decide, James, to pay Timmy Jernigan, again, this is so far down the road, but hey, it's still the offseason. It's still July, so it still counts. Uh, it, will there be a lot of debates on, like, oh my gosh, you know, there's, again, there's so much money tied up in this defensive line. Yes. And it needs to be 100%. Go
2: and, and not just the defensive line, it'll be, we'll hear both. We'll hear defensive tackle. Like, we've already heard, I mean, I can't tell you how many people called WIP saying how uh, name a team that has a hundred million dollar defensive tackle and never (laughs) won anything, you know? And it's like, and, 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 you know, that's obviously a silly thing based on the, the, where the contract structures are now compared to where they used to be and whatever. But ultimately the point is, is like, people are already questioning, even with a guy like Fletcher Cox, who we all, you know, going in, knew he was going to get paid and we're like, yeah, it sucks that he's got to get paid, but he's awesome. And, and, and it's worth it. We think, um, I, I just feel like, even still, we hear people complain about the amount of money tied up with defensive tackle. So, and look, like we're saying, like if Jernigan's a beast, if he's a pro, I mean, we're talking about, you know, what, 10 to 12 a year for yeah. that guy? I mean, you know, maybe more. I mean, you're talking about having 32, 33, 34 million, whatever it is, you know, potentially wrapped up in defensive tackle. I mean, that's a, a quarter of your salary cap or, or something like that or Close whatever to it, at it is. Least, I
0: mean,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just seems, um, uh, it seems aggressive. Well, but yeah, and, and uh, but,
0: uh, it's but and and my rebuttal to all that is just like, okay, well, name a name a hundred million dollar tackle that also had a twenty eight million dollar quarterback, and that's probably your answer, <laughs> you know, like because most of those teams, for whatever reason, with those strong defensive tackles, uh, they don't have great quarterbacks, so they don't have or their offense stinks. Like it's it's always ignored in one place or the other. But uh, you know, it again, it'll be a good problem to have if he has a, a fantastic season uh, and that works out. BLG, we got you. Got any more questions uh, over there?
1: Uh, We didn't really have any other ones. Well,
0: there was a a couple other things, and I forget. uh, Jacob had had mentioned um, he wanted to know if Corey Clement had a shot of really making this team here BLG. I still say uh, really, 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 really really slim. Uh, a chance of making this football team, I would say it's it's probably at one percent, and he's looking f- he's looking for that ace on the river to chop the pot to maybe, <laughs> you know, to just to even make the practice squad at this point. I, there's a, there's a lot of nice things that he does. Uh, I think he's uh, severely behind when it comes to blocking, and there's just too many running backs, and they're not going to keep five of them. Uh, so that's that's pretty much where it's at for me. BLG,
1: yeah, same. I totally agree. I think uh, one interesting thing that happened this offseason is that he lost, I think, a good amount of weight. I think Deuce Daly specifically wanted him to lose some weight because I guess he didn't really see him as more of that power guy. He saw him more of a guy that could benefit from dropping some weight and being maybe a little bit more elusive and uh, try to have that kind of game. But, yeah, I just don't see it. I, I think the running back position is a little interesting in the sense of we all pretty much have a, a an idea of how it's going to play out right now, and that includes... Blunt being the main guy, he's obviously getting all the first-team reps uh, just like he did today. So that's the that's the linchpin there of the running back group. But you still have Darren Sproles. He's going to have his role. Uh, Donald Parfrey seems to be like he's going to be more involved in the passing game. And then Wendell Smallwood's an interesting player in that mix. Because yep. is he going to just be this forgotten-about guy, the fourth running back, kind of in the rotation? Or... What if Blunt just doesn't play well? and Or what if he gets hurt, you know, God forbid? And then Smallwood all of a sudden is probably your lead guy. So I think that's a really interesting uh, – he's in a really interesting spot on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, you know, uh, we, we see him taking
0: uh, kick returns and things like that too. It's just there's a ton of different versatility between, you know, the back end of wide receiver and running back and things like that. And, you know, I've even seen it's been suggested that they might keep four tight ends. I really don't see that happening. I mean that would unless the the back end wide receivers are just so terrible and Billy Brown figures out how to block. Sure, maybe. <laughs> but until then I, I I really just don't see that happening, but regardless, that's what's fun about training camp because everything can kind of turn on a dime. And then uh, you know we gave out the uh, the the Nate Brown and the Henry Josie awards, and we kind of move on from there. And somebody will be definitely upset by uh, by you know uh, one of the one of the last cuts that are that are going to be happening there. So uh, for those of you on a podcast, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us tonight uh, for this first episode. It's really it's the big episode, and it's also the daily wrapped into one because we wanted to kick this thing off right. Uh, Um, I will be back right here on Facebook on uh, Bleeding Green Nation, uh, and we will be rocking out and telling you about what's going on on a full uh, full day of full team uh, tomorrow, practice number two, electric boogaloo. uh, And we'll go over that and some of your questions as well. Uh, But, James, any final thoughts as we're rolling out here, my friend?
2: Uh, I was trying to think of a bunch of final thoughts, and and ultimately uh, uh, I I couldn't come up with anything great. I more <laughs> more just that you know I was thinking of movies to go see. all oh, this kind of weird stuff. And ultimately, I, I think it just comes down to the fact that um, you know it's the Dead Zone might not be be you know, totally over in the way it feels. But officially, we've made it through the dead zone. I'm just excited to be back. I'm excited for this season. Uh, I, I told you guys, I already told my wife I'll see her
0: in January.
2: Maybe <laughs> February? No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll see her in January. So so uh, I'm
1: excited to, to get rolling, man.
0: Well, thanks for cursing this football team. And uh, it's not even honest yet. <laughs> so, uh, BLG, your final
1: thoughts as we're rolling out here, bud. Oh, speaking of cursing the football team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the most important thing in training camp, more than anything, like the number one thing is that everyone stays healthy. Correct. And so far, no one has gotten hurt, so everyone oh, knocking wood, and then and then blame me when someone gets hurt.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was way worse than what I did. Come on, PLG. Well, since it's uh, <laughs> since it's still July, uh, and it's not quite August, and it's not into semi-normal take season, I just want to say that this Eagles team is a playoff team. You should expect them to be in the playoffs. You should expect Carson Wentz to be making that leap in year two. You should have all those expectations because if they don't meet him, then we need to have a serious conversation. I think at this point, uh, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Fletcher Cox, Alshon Jeffrey, and a bunch of others have already scoffed at the idea that this isn't anywhere close to a rebuild, a retooling, a whatever. They're out here to win football games. Seven and nine is not acceptable, et cetera, et cetera, etc. So even though you might not feel that this is a playoff team, the Eagles are expected to be a playoff team and everybody should start thinking that way. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a great journey, and we're glad that you are all here with us. Once again, go subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and any other podcast app uh, out there that you can slam our RSS feed into. The five-star reviews do go a very long way. So, For all of you on Facebook Live, thank you so much, and of course, thank you for listening right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com.